welcome to the Intuitive Activist Podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the brilliant Anika Apple. Like many of my guests, Anika is a divine channel, and I refer to her as a spokesperson for the light. She's the author and host of the Anika Apple YouTube channel, where she uses her gifts to provide spiritual guidance from the etheric realm. Anika is an HR executive with over 20 years of strategic business leadership. She's also known as the career advocate, providing executive coaching to individuals and organizations, a passionate change agent, culture catalyst, and has spent so many of her years with companies and clients to reimagine the intersection of business and diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm really excited for you all to hear this conversation with Anika. She just brings this raw honesty, this vulnerability to these topics that just sometimes in my mind feel so difficult to wrestle with the idea of purpose, the, the ways that our individual purpose uh, ties into the collective. I mean, it's so clear that she is channeling throughout this episode and I cannot wait to hear what you all have to say about it, to, to see what gems you pull away from it. I mean, I'm still sitting in awe of a lot of the ways that she explains these things that just feel hard and breaking it down to what is one way that we can step into who we truly are. So with that, I invite you to grab your tea, find the coziest little spot in your home and enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Anika Apple. Hello, dear friend, Anika. Hello, my darling. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we just got on the call together just now. And seriously, just hearing your voice, I am just already melting like a little pad of butter. (laughs) Your voice is so soothing. Thank you. Thank you. I am so, I can't tell you how overjoyed I am. I have been looking forward to this for weeks now, really, but all day today to have some space with you to just share space, really. Uh, every time I'm in your energy, I just feel healed and whole and loved. And so I'm so grateful that you oh invite me to be a part of this journey with you. Gosh, Solstice, likewise. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before we just dive into everything that the magic that will be before us, can you tell everybody a little bit about what it is you do? And I particularly am thinking about just the ways that you, I see it as like a weaving of racial justice, social justice, and spirituality. Like I just see you standing so firmly in that intersection. So can you tell us about what it is that you do on this earth? Thank you for that. So it's interesting. I know that I'm called for what I have coined as spiritual unification. I have been observing the world, humanity for a long time. And I believe Mm. that, you know, I've been blessed with an eye to see and really ask curious questions to understand people. So I'm a student of people and their behaviors. 
and I connect that back to what God expects of us. It's almost kind of like when you are in the midst of things happening around you, you're there, but you're also kind of off to the side observing it. And that's, I feel like I've spent a lot of my life. The last couple of years, I would say watching just some of the more horrific things that we've seen happen from a social, racial inequality standpoint has been really difficult. And I mean beyond, but prior to George Floyd, what I've seen in this country has been just incredibly heartbreaking. And it's less about who sat in the White House and things like that, and more about how we've treated each other and how we've allowed division to stand in the way of us caring for and taking care of each other. And so when I think about like, what is it that I do? It is to bring forth light and to illuminate the decisions and choices that we make and how we impact ourselves, how we impact the future that we have planned for, you know, our families, our friends, how we are really off track with what God has asked of us. You know, a lot of times I think God has such a simple agenda for us, and yet we find ourselves so far away from it, not treating, you know, our neighbors with the same kind of love that he gives us, judging ourselves in a way that doesn't honor, you know, what he has put in inside of us. And that is what I'm here to do, to share and bring some of that light and energy forward. How I do that is interesting. So, and I know that's where you were going initially. The how has been through coaching, which I do very informally for many years, and then professionally in organizations, and I work in a large organization now, but through work, through diversity, equity, and inclusion, and human resources, and as a transformational business leader, a catalyst for change, you know, some change certifications and things like that. So I see the work that I do inside of the organizations that I've been in as helping to bring forward change, illuminating for people the opportunities to see how they can deliver their best work for the business, but also be their best selves. And when I connect that back to purpose, I know that my purpose is to be an advocate for others so that they can find and use their voices. So really, you know, when I think about the legacy that I expect to leave, it will be that throughout my journey, I've helped people unpack who they are. I've helped them to identify places where they need to heal. I've helped them to identify what the best version of themselves is, and that they are then called help bring the light and love for humanity forward so that we can heal who we are and heal our world. That was probably a really long answer. No, it was perfect. And I'm just sitting here like, yes, I love that. The question that is coming up, because I was like, there was so much richness in that response. And Honestly, like I had so many questions and then I felt like the universe just say, what is coming through Anika right now? What is coming through you? Cause you are a divine channel. You're a divine medium. You're, you're a spokesperson for the light. And so what is coming through you in this moment? Yeah. So 
it's joy. It's joy. I just keep hearing, where's the joy? What's happened to our joy? Oh my gosh. There's so many things, Leilani. I think about the impact that social media has had on us. And it is a tool used for incredible good. There are so many positive and uplifting messages and stories. And quite honestly, we've been able to demonstrate a lot of truth through social. So it's an incredible gift for us to use. And it also can create so much angst for people. We're missing out on opportunity to spread joy because we spend time pretending mm. that we are joyful on social. Uh, um, we spend us. time pretending. <laughs> <laughs> we spend that time pretending that we're in joy when we're talking to people. You think about, you know, the times where someone calls you and the moment before you answer the phone, you were in the depths of despair. And you answer the phone and you put on your smile voice and you say, oh, everything is great, but where's the joy? And so what's coming through is it's time for you to claim your joy. You can't do that if you're unwilling to take an honest assessment of where you are in your life. Leilani, you know a lot about my personal journey, but over the last year, I got divorced. And actually, I think this is the first time publicly that I'm mentioning that. So there'll be some people who hear this for the first time and they're like, say what? (laughs) And I have to tell you that, you know, my ex-husband is a wonderful, wonderful human being. He's a wonderful man. And I just found myself, though, in a place where I'm like, where is my joy? Mm. And I could say, you know, my kids love, love my kids, my family, my job, all of those things. But I was missing that connectivity with joy as the center part of my life. And that journey for me really led me to strengthen my walk with God. And it's how I can sit here with you today and have you say your divine channel and really own that. But that's where my joy comes from. And I think that we are missing so much of that in the world. And people are afraid to assess whether or not they have joy. Because what happens when you find that it's missing? or misplaced, or underdeveloped, then you have to face into fixing it. What I know to be true is that the source is always there, ready and willing to provide the roadmap for joy for you. And joy comes through your connection with the source, with the universe. It comes through love of humanity, and it comes from walking in your purpose. Mm. So Purpose is just sitting there, festering, waiting, you know, building, churning. I feel like it's like inside of you, it gets all excited when you start to get on your path towards purpose. But then you just have those moments where it's like, oh yeah, but I'm going to tuck that away for later. But what if later never comes? Mm. Why deny yourself the joy? What? gets in the way of joy, what gets in the way of us just walking our purpose that source has set out for us? I think that a big portion of what gets in the way for us is us. It's us. It is our desire to show up in a way that gains approval of the other humans here in existence. We get caught up in, do we look like we're doing everybody else the same as everybody else? Are we on paths that look like conventional paths? Are we doing the things that gain approval here? 
in this realm. And what we forget is that it's not the Joneses that created our path for us or purpose. Really, they don't own the authority to judge whether or not we've performed up to our highest potential, whether we've met our purpose, the need that was designed for our lives. That comes from source. It comes from God. We don't check in there often enough to say, how am I doing in moving towards my purpose? We just don't. And so the reality is that we get in the way of our joy. We stop ourselves because we use these definitions of what success is, of what happiness is, that were not designed for us. I, I keep getting this where I keep going with that in my mind is we talk a lot about Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love her. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> going to say amazing. it again, Brene, whenever you're ready for me to interview you, I am ready, girl, mm-hmm. I'm ready. But what she talks about is this concept of fitting in versus belonging. I feel like that's a really interesting thread I want to pull on and you're nodding your head. So tell me what comes to mind when you hear that. I feel like she gave me life (laughs) when she talked about saying no to opportunities because people asked her to be someone that she wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to go on stage and talk in a way that feels like it's not really me. You're asking for me for a reason. And if we could all just take that on in our souls, have that same fire and respect for who we are on the inside my gosh, our world would be different. And I know for one that we would have more joy. I look at that example in terms of what shaped the the events of 2020 for me. I walked out of 2020 certainly saddened by so many of the experiences that we had, but truly in a place of personal transformation, I know who I am and I love who I am. And I'm unapologetically who I am. And so as other people may have a definition of what success looks like in their world, I just know that's not mine. And that's okay. As long as I am in alignment with God, as long as I am walking in the purpose that he defined for me, it is so freeing. So for those of you listening to this and you're wondering, you're sitting, you're teetering on, you know, do you continue to take that conventional path or do you trust what you know has been placed in you I would say run run (laughs) and jump and carry carry the flashlight yourself to illuminate that path until those stones start to light up in front of you because you are meant to do something incredibly powerful and you can't do it If you're sitting in a place, constantly listening to the people around you, define what that path looks like. They don't know who you are. They don't know your purpose. They cannot have a definition of it because only God does. And he gives it to you in peace and in part as you're ready. That can be the only way that you truly live an authentic life. And that, for me, this whole journey that Brene spoke of that you and I have talked of because you are leading that girl. You are living into that. You are one of my inspirations. It's freeing, right? It's life. You have life. I see the joy in your face because you have chosen to take the path of purpose and everything else falls into place, doesn't it? 
It sure does. It sure does. Man, I'm, I'm, I, this entire conversation, you've gotten me tongue tied, which doesn't happen a lot. I'm like, Anika, like there's such power in, in your invitation for folks to just step into who they are meant to be on this earth at this particular point in human history in this dimension. And so my, oh, okay. I got something coming because there's like goosebumps are starting. I'm lighting up. And so I want to speak to those who are still questioning their own, the word is, it's like right on the tip of my tongue, but those who are questioning their own worthiness. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because the the word wasn't quite coming through, and I think it's because I've been I've been grappling and reckoning with my own worthiness. Um, so it's really interesting that I was like, uh, uh, "What's the word?" So those of you who are like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not smart enough, good enough, kind enough, whatever, to do the work that I feel in my bones is meant for me." And to be the beacon of light that I was placed on this earth to be. Those of you who feel that that resonates, I'm speaking to you in this moment because Source has a message for you. And that message is this. You were born enough. Yes. You're walking through this world is enough. Nothing can ever, ever, ever in a million years take that away from you. And so if you can walk through this life, knowing that that truth that has been ordained to you, how would that change your life? How would that change the reality that you're swimming in right now? Some of you are drowning in right now. What could it look like for you to say yes to who you actually are in your bones and your spirit and say yes to the path that has been designed for you, by you, you were in partnership with source when you designed this path. It's something you've already said yes to. So what would it take for you to give yourself permission to begin to walk it? Mm, Anika, I just opened my eyes and there are tears. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> God is so good. Oh, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Leilani, you know that I'm writing a book and for the listeners, I am writing a book and it's called Great Enough. I don't know that we ever talked about the title, but that is what it's called. But my body lit up when you said it though. Great <laughs> enough. Tell us, please. Because this is what you just said is what it's about. And as much as that was for the audience, it's a reminder for me too that This path has been specifically laid for me to share this very story. It chronicles my struggle of feeling like I'm not enough. You know, I want to be able to share my testimony, but it's just not enough. There needs to be more. I haven't gone through enough trauma or pain or disaster in life for it to be relevant for other people. And I literally said that when I was probably like 19 or 20. I had this moment where, you know, God put an image of me speaking in front of me, which has always been my desire. And I'm like, but I don't have enough stuff. Yet I had lived through some pretty traumatic things, some domestic violence when I was in college and some things I won't, you know what, I'm not going, I won't tip my hat. You'll have to read it all in the book. (laughs) Yes. Leave some some for us to don't spoil it. (laughs) I won't. 
But I just have to tell you that what you said about people just recognizing that it's their path, we get confused about what enough means. And there's so there's mm. a piece of this that's a definition of what enough is. And by the way, just think about how you use the word enough. We use it to say something is kind of like the beginning of the limit, right? It's like table stakes. Did you have enough to eat? Not are you full? Not are you mm. stuffed, right? And yet that's where we compare ourselves to the bottom bar. So there's the piece of this. It's like, what are you really thinking about when you're What's saying you're not enough? Because you're like, I'm not even in the room, much less standing in the doorway. And that's what enough would be. So I mm. think there's a reframing that has to happen there. Because if you know, like I know, and you know, like Lilani knows, we were developed in the image of our creator. Do we really believe that there's some minimalistic design for who we are? Do we really believe that our purpose is small and minuscule? That's just crazy. And so if you're sitting in this moment and you're thinking to yourself, you're not enough, you know what? You're right. You are not enough by yourself. Thank goodness that you mm. have the source within you. Thank goodness that the source created you to be who you are. Thank goodness that the source placed in you this burning purpose that connects to the rest of the world. Thank goodness that there are people waiting for you to step into your purpose and to live into who you are so that they too can become who they were destined to be. Thank goodness for that. We don't have to be enough by ourselves. We have God. We have the source. And so recognizing, and I'm like giving away the whole book now, but recognizing <laughs> that when you find the moment where you have connected with source, that you are more than enough. You have more than enough and you will never not be enough for any place that he puts you in your life. And so then you become Leilani. You become Brene. You can be on the journey with Anika because I'm not there yet with these two greats, these two giants who I, mean, I look up to. <laughs> you, better, you better start. You better own that. You're, you're, here, you're here preaching to us. You own that, sis. I am enough. I'm bringing our listeners with us. We are all <laughs> enough. We are enough. We are enough because of source, truly and humbly. And so just know that. And I want to bring back the, the fine point, put the exclamation point on timing. Because a lot of times I think we're like, yeah, you know, we're on the journey to purpose. What would it take for you to run? This is a time like no other in history. And this is, that's probably another podcast for, for Leilani. Yes. So <laughs> we won't go all the way down that road, but this is the time. It is now, not tomorrow. It is now. So whatever that burning thing is within you, grab a journal, grab a sticky note and write it down. Tell three people what you're committing to get on the path to doing because there are people waiting for you. Just imagine if they are unable to fulfill the greatest possible outcome, 
that they were sent here to deliver because they're waiting for you to show up. Mm. What if they're waiting for you? That's the reality for me. I think so much of my life had been so connected with this external validation and connecting to other people that starting on the journey by knowing that it's not just about me was helpful for me to get my own self out of the way, my own not feeling enough, my own worthiness question in my mind out of the way to just start. So if that's what it takes, I'm here to tell you today, we're waiting. We need you. We want you to step in to the fullness of who you are. We need you to show up and help illuminate the world. We need you to fill your special, specific, divine purpose. Please show up for us. Mm. Amen. So I want to ask for your consent first to share what I saw in a past life recently about your impact. Is that okay? Okay. Absolutely. So I was connected with Anika. We were connecting over just voice texting, basically voice messaging, I should say. And I saw an image of her in a past life as a writer And the reason why this is coming through, I think, is because I see you as someone who's guided so much by impact, the impact that you have, the impact that you're leaving, the legacy you're going to have. And in this past life, Anika was a writer and she went to her deathbed thinking she was a failure because she didn't have this widespread impact that she had imagined for herself. But what was so beautiful about this is that she reached somebody in an African village who just happened to have access to her book about divinity, divination, about all of the things. And even though Anika herself was not the one preaching to so many people, so many stages, whatever, this little girl in this remote African village read her book and became a priestess and literally changed the world in this past life, this other dimension. And the reason I think that this is coming up and it's lighting up my entire body is we will never know our full impact. For those of us that are guided by this notion of impact and fulfilling what we promised source we would do here, the impact that we would have here, the people that we would reach here, for those of us who are driven by that impact, I think it's really important to note the impact is not something we always get to see. And so when, when I say that, because I know that was moving through me, Anika, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, so it's interesting because a friend of mine sent me this song the other day, shortly after this, it may have been the day after we talked. It was a song about how we don't always get to see the impact that we have on people. And shortly after that, I got a call from someone that I met through a social media platform who had been reaching out to just connect and similar stories and just kind of share a path together. And they were sharing the impact that our conversations have had on them. And what I am reminded of is that we think that impact needs to be this big, grandiose, marquee thing. But it doesn't. It's in those smaller moments where you help to light a fire within someone that true impact is made. For me, 
in this life, in this realm, if I go tomorrow, and I certainly have lots to do before then, so to be clear, source, I just want you to know I'd like to be here longer than that. But if I go tomorrow, I will genuinely know that I brought the light of the kingdom forward. And that has to be enough. And so I would ask you, if you are struggling with the same thing of thinking, am I going to be great enough to make this massive impact, to have my name known by everybody in the world? Is that really what you want? When I listen to it, I think of how short-sighted, and it's beautiful to know this now at a point where I can still impact this journey, but how short-sighted it would be. Would I, If I were to go back, would I not have written the book? And that was. Of course it mattered if it mattered to one person. The other thing, Leilani, that I'm reminded of is the starfish story, which has been fuel for me for many, many, many years. The moral of the story is you make an impact to that one, that one starfish that the author is tossing or the boy is tossing the starfish back into the ocean because it saved its life. And even though the rest of the beach may be strewn with starfish and he may not get to them all, he was darn going to try and get to as many as possible because it mattered to that one. So how can you shift that to thinking about how what you do today matters? how what you say today matters, how going back to your child after maybe having a terse conversation and saying, and even though I'm disappointed, I love you and I will always love you, how that moment defines something about who they see themselves as, how they identify and connect themselves to the world. We cannot miss these moments where we're having impact and not recognizing that it's bigger and more longer lasting and further reaching than sometimes what a marquee name does for us. That's the reality of it. Because at the end of the day, one of my children can cure cancer. One of them can be the the 52nd president of the United States of America. They can do anything that they choose to do. And every seed that I sow within them has an impact, be it something that sets them on fire, with belief in themselves or something that gives them negativity. Think about the moments where you've had someone impart wisdom to you that has helped shape the way you see your life. Are they huge moments or are they those in those small conversations where you take and gravitate that nugget and you stick it in your toolkit for the times when you need to remember who you really are? I believe it's the latter. Mm-hmm. It's those moments. Seeing your children, I just saw such a beautiful post the other day of you and your children outside and enjoying the sunshine and your daughter saying, I look good out here. <laughs> and so I'm thinking of your beautiful, beautiful children who are growing up in a world that is literally changing before their eyes. And we're having conversations about division and equity. So what is the love letter that you want to give your children right now? Oh my gosh. First and foremost, I want them to have a love letter that starts by saying, my beloved, what I've done is to ensure that the path that you walk will be one where you see the impact of the generation who owns the world right now, who's responsible for the world right now. I want them to see us 
take this moment in time and change the things that have clearly been shown to us as broken. It is not lost on me that we sit in the world at this very moment, at this very time we are here because there has to be a reckoning with how we have been navigating, how we have been accepting and pretending that things are okay. Over this last year, there are countless, there are probably hundreds and thousands of examples of brokenness in this country alone, not to mention beyond our, beyond, you know, the country. There's so much opportunity for change. We cannot sit any longer and pretend that it doesn't exist. And I commit to them, and I've told them this, to be a part of the change that happens in this world because they deserve better. And Leilani, you know who else deserves better? Our ancestors. Because they fought so hard and so many of them have, have stayed behind to continue the fight, to try and stir us up, to ensure that we are walking forward in a way that helps shift what the future can be. We still have the option to make decisions about what the future looks like. That does give us choice. We sit in the space where we're like, and please choose to walk in the light <laughs> that he has created for us. Please choose to accept the salvation that he's placed before us. That's where our belief system is rooted. But the reality is we still have choice and people can continue to be ostriches and pretend that the world is not broken. Or we can lock arms and say it is broken and we need to rebuild the church. And we need to rebuild our faith systems and we need to rebuild school systems and we need to rebuild the government. We need to rebuild in a way that we create the kind of balance for society that is needed for everyone to be able to thrive. We have to level the playing field in a way that we've not ever done. It was never intended to be this way. Our children deserve that. Our ancestors deserve that. And we are the generation that has been selected or generations, plural, that have been selected to own this. And as I look, the youngest among us, youngest and able-bodied, aged, to be able to make an impact are leading. They are leading. And my children are young. They are 9 and 12 at the moment of this recording. And it shouldn't sit on their shoulders to feel like they have to change all of the stuff that we left behind. That cannot Mm. be the way. It's not the world we inherited. And it cannot be the world that we leave behind. That is powerful. And... I'm just, I'm like trying to decide there, there's a message that's trying to come through. So I'm just going to honor it. Destruction is required. Those of us who are, you know, in the older generations, I mean, I'm not older than nine and 12. (laughs) And, you know, in these more seasoned generations, those of us that are thinking like, that we can't change the world without disruption, without destruction, without completely tearing it all down. And it's just not true. We have to tear it down in order to rebuild. That's what I heard in everything you were saying is reform is not what is required right now. What is required is a complete rebuild and a revolution. I think those of us that have been kind of teetering on that, well, you know, trying not to have, I think of it as I keep thinking of water and like, yeah, sure. 
You can change a beach by water flowing, the waves coming in gently, and it'll change over one, two, three, four, five hundred years. Or it can be a hurricane <laughs> and completely rebuild what you see with your two eyes, right? And if we are approaching activism in those ways, it's just more efficient. It's more efficient to have the hurricane, to have the reckoning, to have the destruction so that we can rebuild something that was even better than before, that was stronger, that's flexible. Yeah. You're spot on, Melanie. Think about building a house, right? So you buy a new house and, or not a new house, you buy a house that's new to you, but it's 100 years old right? Do you start by going in and painting the wall color? Or do you take a walk around the house with your inspector and say, okay, so what, what's the risk here? How solid is the foundation? Our foundation is cracked. So at the moment that the foundation is cracked, what do you do? Is it cosmetic? Are you focused on putting a new roof on it? Are you kidding me? You go back to the foundation and you start fresh. You have to fix the foundation, and that's where we are. That's what I'm hearing, down to the studs. Exactly, down to the studs. In one of my past corporate roles, I remember having a conversation with my line manager, and I said to him, sometimes you have to break it to rebuild it. Mm. And we did break it quickly, and we rebuilt it better than it had ever been. There was a systemic issue happening in that business that happened over and over and over again. People could set their clock by it. It happened every year. And I looked to my team and said, is this what you want to do again next year? Is this where you want to be? And they're like, absolutely not. And I said, this is going to be painful, but we're going to do it. And we locked arms and we did it and we rebuilt it. And we all have the pride. We can still laugh and joke today about what an impact we made on something that was systemic because we broke it and we fixed it. We didn't break people in the process. We broke the system. Mm. And, and that's, that's a, what we have to do. We don't have to break people. It's Sorry, such an darling. important <laughs> distinction. No, I'm so I'm like so excited to jump in. So this is the first time I'm talking about this, but my husband and I are actually going through the process of divorce currently. And this is the first time I've said it publicly. There are going to be people on here that are like, wait, what? And I think that what is coming up for me is that system that we were in and that cycle that we were in was so destructive and it was destroying us as people. It wasn't just destroying me and my husband. It was also destroying my son and our peace. That's what I'm hearing. And so that system of marriage did not work for us, but what is working. And I was just talking to a friend about this today is we are such amazing co-parents. We are so kind to each other. I was at Costco the other day and I am not getting paid by Costco, but would love to, I was at Costco the other day and I was picking up, you know, diapers. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if Craig needs diapers. And I would like texted him and I was like, Hey, do you need diapers? And he was like, Oh my gosh, yes, please pick them up. And then he like sent me tools that he thought I might need just like out of the blue. And so how healing can it be to just consider that the system is broken 
so that we can preserve our own selves as humans and our own healing and we can be whole humans together. We're still a family. That's Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing is we are still a family and we're not married. Right. So we, we get locked into these notions of convention of like, this is the way the world works. This is what families look like. This is what partnerships look like, but look how much whole it is when we just said, Hey, let's break this all down so that we can be our best selves for one another and for our child, which is our highest priority. So that's what came up for me just to, you know, there it is y'all that's where I'm at. And it's required. This tear down, down to the studs, down to the foundation is required in order for us to thrive. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your truth with us too. Of course. So interesting because as you said that, Leilani, the the image that I had of this world that people want to protect and the desire not to acknowledge that it's broken and I think, I know for me, that's where I was in my marriage. It's a tough place to acknowledge when you put a lot of hard work into it. You have a lot of pride in who you are. I can think about a, you know, a values exercise where we're doing definitions of who we are. And being a wife is one of those really, really important roles for me. Yet, I wasn't my full self. My ex and I told our children, we said, you know, if you could imagine two trees planted just too close together. And Mm. so the roots underneath the ground are fighting over the nutrients from the soil up on top. The foliage is fighting against being able to get enough sunlight. But if you move them and plant them a little bit further apart, each can get exactly what they need and they can thrive and they can live for hundreds of years. But surely if they stay so close together, they will die. And if you think about what's happening in the world, we want to protect the world or some of us want to protect the world in the state of where it is today because we love the idea of what it is. But we don't want to open our eyes and say it's broken. It's broken. It is so broken. We cannot have more than half of the communities in this country struggling. We cannot have hundreds of thousands of children having food insecurity. We cannot have all of these economic conditions that are substandard. We cannot have these moments where people say, yes, you think it's wrong, but would you want to be in their shoes? And people are like, oh no, absolutely not. I I don't want to be black for a moment. No. Why? Why would you not want to trade shoes with me as a black woman (laughs) working in corporate America? Why would you not want to be me at the moment where someone has to determine my salary or my next role? Why would you not want to sit in my shoes? Because if those shoes are not comfortable for you, how can they be comfortable for me? How can we say that's a world that we believe is right? It's not. So quite honestly, to break it apart without breaking people, but to break it apart, to acknowledge it is broken and break it so we can fix it together. We have the opportunity to build something that works best for all. And I think we're stuck on wanting to hold on to the image of what is, but what is, is not what it can be. 
I want to take you through a funny analogy that just came through. I just thought of just poured in, but it's like baking a cake, right? Eggs are fine by themselves. Flour is fine by itself. Milk mm. is fine. Oil is fine. Butter is fine. Whatever you put in your cake, you know, they're all fine. But if you put it in a bowl together and you sit it on your KitchenAid mixer and you aerate it and whisk it all nicely and you stick it in the oven, I don't know about your household, but when it comes out of the oven, probably about halfway through baking, it starts to bring people into the kitchen. Mm. We're ready to gather around it. We're ready to indulge. We've created something even better than the ingredients. Mm. And so that's what we have the opportunity to do with this world. Instead of spending so much time grieving the America that was, what we all hoped it would be, what people maybe thought it was until they were enlightened, let's build what it can be. What's our best aspiration for what it should be? And let's lean into that. We have the opportunity to do that. That time is here for us. That is our mission. It is what's expected. Mm. And so let's not waste any more time lamenting over the past. The foundation's mm. broken. Let's rebuild together. You talk a lot about the illuminated path, taking one stone at a time. And so for those that are like, yes, Anika, Leilani, I'm with you. I'm ready to tear it down. What's the first stone on my path? What would you tell them? I think it goes back to our former question around purpose, because you have a role in it. We all do. This is what I know. If I know, if I've learned nothing else in this year, it has been the revelation of how God weaves things together. It's friendships, it's circles, it's when he brings people close, it's when he moves people away, how quickly those relationships can be forged as if they are built with steel to connect them when they are meant to be together. And so first and foremost, what is your purpose? What's the unique role? When you think about what gets you out of bed in the morning, what are you fueled by? I ask that question a lot from a coaching standpoint, but I think it is relevant for purpose. And when you look at what you are fueled by, how does that connect to the collective? I also am a really, really strong believer, proponent, practitioner of prayer. Mm. You have to stay in a space of prayer. How can you know if your path is illuminating, if your eyes are closed? Through mm. prayer and through the word, connection with the source, you become wise, your eyes are open, and you can see the path when it illuminates in front of you. And I always would encourage you to, as you see those stones illuminated, have that quick check back, say, source, I think this is what I'm seeing. Is this what I'm seeing? And you'll know. Trust. But use the wisdom, the God-given wisdom, to ensure that you're walking on that path. I believe that many of us know exactly what we are supposed to do next. We're just afraid. We're afraid mm. to accept it. We're afraid to acknowledge it. We're afraid that if we share it with others, they will look at us as if we are, we've lost it. <laughs> at this particular time in the world, we've seen a lot of stuff that looks you know, different than what you maybe right. experienced in the past. So just know you're yeah. in good company. 
now let's is just the time. walk right now is the time the world is already going crazy just join just them say it. just say it just i mean that's what i did i quit my corporate job i left convention in terms of my relationship i stepped out i stepped out mm-hmm. into the world and i stepped into my purpose and that by far was one of the hardest scariest things i've ever done in my life and the reward matches the risk. Uh, I just, uh, I feel like I just went to church, girl. I <laughs> praise <am> God. Like, <laughs> seriously, it's flown through me, the church of Anika. When you talk about breaking down the church and rebuilding, I'm like, I'm there, girl. I'm there. A hundred percent. We need these moments to be the church. We need these moments. Honestly, you know, I think that that what has happened for so many during the time, particularly COVID, creating a situation where, you know, our churches are not open, people are coming back to their relationship with God. It's unfortunate, but I think we've lost putting that at the front of everything. When we think about the congregation and the way that we believe in churches, the relationship first is between you and source. First, Mm. first and foremost, you absolutely need to be a part of a church family. You absolutely need to be connected But how you define church does not have to look like what it has always been. It has to be serving the kingdom. And without your individual relationship and connection, we won't have that. So there's lots of work to do there. And I'm really encouraged by the pastors that I hear leading in that space. I'm encouraged by people who are like you and I that are just light workers in the world who are illuminating the opportunity that we have. But more than anything, and, and Leilani, if I can just share this one one thing that is coming through for me, it is the reminder that we have spent so much time in this earth focusing on the things that make us different from one another and not enough time on what binds us, on what brings us together. This whole notion of bringing the community together, of a spiritual reckoning. It's really about us recognizing that we are one, that we are of the same body. We all are of the same source. And rather than all of this time spent, we have to shift into the mindset of what brings us all together. I just would say that piece is really salient for people to remember as they walk away, that it really is about us stopping spending our time, wasting time on differentiation and instead coming back to what brings us all, what's our common purpose, what brings us all back together. Oh, that's such a beautiful, <laughs> like we're, we're done. We can turn off our mics. We can go about our day knowing that seriously source just moved through us and which is such a, such a gift. So I think, oh my gosh, thank the universe, thank all the ancestors, thank the guides, thank, thank them all because they made this possible. I want to be like, this podcast was made possible by the universe. By God. You know, it's like, it just is, it just is. So my, my last kind of last question, last like quote unquote real question is, your bumper sticker, seven words or less. If you could leave one, like this is the stamp of Anika. It can be silly. It can be whatever. What's your bumper sticker? It's so easy. It's Mm. be the change. 
you know, that that oh. um, was one of Gandhi's quotes. But I like to add my own spin to it. Be the change on behalf of the kingdom. Because really all that we should do should be honoring source. It should always be an honor to God. Okay, now we can officially kingdom. turn off we can officially turn off our mics now. <laughs> I just love you. I love, I you, love so you, friend. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's been not, a pleasure. Just, wait, wait, wait. We need to <laughs> let people know how to get a hold of you. So you tell us where we can find you, see what you're up to, follow you. Sure, sure. My pleasure. So you can find me um, at Anita Apple One on Instagram and The Career Advocate, both on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Anita Applewhite. And I've started a series called Wisdom Daily with Anika on YouTube. And right now I'm taking a journey through the book of Proverbs. And so six days a week, I put out a new video taking you through the book of Proverbs and just helping you to take that wisdom and impart it into your daily life. So definitely check it out there. You can look up Anika Apple on YouTube and find my Wisdom Daily series. And I'm also on Clubhouse under Anika Apple as well. So pretty much wherever there's an apple to be found, you can find me. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere an apple can be found. Anywhere an apple can be found. An apple a day, you know. Gosh. Keeps the enemy away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's your bumper sticker. You lied to us. An apple a day keeps the enemy away. Well, Anika, thank you again for your uh, your wisdom, your voice, your light. You are such a blessing to me personally and such a blessing to this world. And I thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You as well, my incredible friend. I am just so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Love you, love you, my friend. Love you. (laughs) Oh, friends, I, in this moment, am just feeling so grateful to have this platform, to have this space, to be able to bring voices such as Anika's forward. What I'm sitting with is this notion of unification and what it looks like to put divisiveness aside in order to build the world that we all want for ourselves. I I truly believe that we all want that. We all want a brighter future. We all want to be able to walk together arm in arm, ready to take on whatever is next. And Anika is such a powerful leader in that way. And as the session comes to a close today, I invite you to ask yourself, what does your purpose look like? What does the first step in fulfilling your purpose look like today? That could be tiny. It doesn't have to be grandiose. And to be quite honest, it often is not. So what could that look like for you today to begin to explore what your purpose is in service of us really discovering what collective healing truly looks like, what unification truly looks like. So for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. So good to chat with you. Talk to you soon.